0: This is your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers.
1: And now keeping himself with Martinez, five. He is going to be in, touchdown. Adrian Martinez off the right edge, runs in from
0: 15 yards out, tying the game. This is the KLIN Husker Hour, giving you an inside look at everything going on at Husker Nation. Nebraska wins its fifth national championship. Just one over the Florida Gators. Now. Shoots
2: the three. Got it! Isaiah Roby nails it from three-point land, And a good time
3: was had by all. Good Saturday morning. Welcome to another edition of the KLIN Husker Hour. It is three weeks away from Husker football season, which is weird to say on October 3rd, but that's where <laughs> we are. Nebraska has been able to practice with pads. Yes, they have. We've got some video for that, just to get your juices flowing. Uh, we've got a lot of video, actually. You've got both coordinators spoke this week. Scott Frost talked to the media yesterday. Yep. Uh, you've got some players who've uh, who've who've been able to talk a little bit here and there.
1: Correct. We've we've got we've gotten a little bit of access. It's starting to starting to feel a lot like Christmas, if you will. Yeah, you? it went. There was a long time where. Especially over that month where there was no football, was football coming back um, throughout the summer? Even how much access was there going to be because it's it's a pandemic. So so rightly so, you don't have as much access, especially to the players who are going through something that as much as we want to talk to them, it's a life event to not to be to not have your college plans go the way you thought they would, especially around a sport. So understandable that there wasn't access this week. There was access. A couple players, coordinators, coaches. Um, we don't even have half of the the number of people that actually spoke this week. Uh, obviously, in a one hour show, only so much time to go through. So grabbed a few of the highlights. Um, yeah, I just it it, it feels like okay. It, it's definitely football month, and that's what it is. It is football month. We are 21 days exactly 3 weeks away from the season opener at Ohio State.
3: And of course, back on Earth 1 and Earth 2, this would have been the road game at Northwestern, <laughs> uh or it would have been a home game against Minnesota. Okay. Those are the those are the games that would have been. It, it's it's uh it's definitely weird to to have three different iterations of the schedule, but we're getting close to actual football. There's plenty of actual football. Uh, today um, we uh you 're able to watch the S e c again for the second week in a row here uh, and and everybody else uh, we we 've got a Nebraska basketball commitment that we will have to talk about today accurate uh, Chris Basnett from the Lincoln Journal Star is going to join us uh, to talk about that and all of the the football related things i if there 's one thing that gets you fired up in in what essentially amounts to fall camp time, which is what we 're in right now mm-hmm. Uh, it is offensive line depth chart discussion, and Greg Austin just laid it all out. Yeah, for us he did. This
1: Week it was, it was very fun, very nice. Well, it was curious. There were there are a couple of spots that you know where guys are going to be. Yep. But who's filling in? Who's going to be the left guard? Who are the guys that are behind there? How far along is Turner Corcoran? Um, is Ben Hart going to be? What are these questions, or what are the answers? to where guys are because it seems like you're able to go more than one deep across the line so where does that one deep go are you are there are you possibly two deep three deep who are the guys that are there how much confidence do you have in them how much experience do they have how much development has there been and now we kind of know exactly where things have lined up so far
3: yeah and and not only that but you've got a former starter Who's essentially a backup at two positions in Trent Hickson? You've got, I mean, but we we all knew that be- Bryce Benhart was likely the reason why Matt Farniok slid into guard. Mm-hmm. And Bryce Benhart is definitely going to be your starting right tackle this season. Uh, but you've got Trent Hickson backing up Cam Jurgens and Matt Farniok uh, at center and right guard. He can play either. Uh, Matt Sichterman, Ethan Piper, Brock Bando. Uh, Ely, those are all uh, backup guards as well. Will Farniok can back up at center. Uh, Turner Corcoran, as you mentioned, uh, people are going to get a little bit more excited about him. Greg Austin <laughs> did not slow that hype train down. No, at all. he didn't. <laughs> uh, said that he has quote emerged, which is very exciting to hear about a true freshman tackle that is uh, a very highly rated recruit from uh, within the 500 mile radius that Nebraska really wanted to get and got here, and it sounds like he's everything as advertised and so that is encouraging um, let's uh, let's get in a little bit to what the coordinator said um, here in this uh, this first segment because it's 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 one thing to know that the season is getting closer but it's definitely another to actually have a chance for the media and you and and everybody else to to be able to get a chance to talk to these guys to find out more uh, about what's going on with the team where some of these position battles are. Uh, And and while you may not think of quarterback as a position battle, it still is. Mm -hmm. Adrian Martinez is coming into his third season, but there's definitely competition there.
1: Yeah, so uh, offensive coordinator Matt Lubick, first year offensive coordinator at Nebraska Matt Lubick, who has experience with Frost, Um, so it's not necessarily a new system, there will just be some tweaks, but at the quarterback position, Lubick was asked what the level of separation is between Martinez and McCaffrey, and and if Luke is putting pressure on Adrian.
2: Well, I I think it's, uh, to answer your question, they're both playing at a high level, and you know I don't know if I I look at it as pressure I think they're both making each other better uh, we feel good about both guys right now we really do and uh as a matter of fact you know with uh with Masker and and, and Logan our freshman playing really well too we feel like we've got great depth at that position but they're they both improved a ton just understanding of what we're trying to teach them since I've been here and their attitude's been great uh they're as humble as guys, humble as quarterbacks as I've been around. You know, they always want to give credit to other people. And, and uh, you know, they're team players. And so we feel really good about both of them.
1: And Lubick talked about how his offense, especially through this pandemic, because they didn't have as much contact, how much they were able to go and work on all of that I mean, chemistry themselves. But the the question really comes down to, on those quarterbacks, who's your one, who's your two? And we do have i guess an initial depth chart from Lubick.
2: yeah I mean Adrian's a starter as of today, but i like I said, Luke has done a great job, and it's it's a it's a friendly competition competition makes both guys better, and uh, we feel like we've we've rep both of them with the ones they both moved the ball, they've both had uh you know great camps so far you know with the non padded stuff, and so that 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 evaluation's always ongoing. But uh, but Adrian's improved and he's, and he's going to be a better football player this year.
3: It's interesting to know that this is the way they're they're treating this race. It, you have Adrian Martinez with all the experience. Luke McCaffrey looked good in limited action last season when he was able to get those four games in and still redshirt. And you're I, I think it's pretty clear that they feel really good about both of them, Caleb. And you're going to see both of them. But I would still be pretty surprised if adrian martinez was not the guy taking a majority of the snaps especially early on this season you know once his play he he gets a track record out there and you see what both of them are doing maybe that changes but initially i think that's what it'll be
1: right and I, i don't think there's any question that um and this can go for any quarterback that nebraska's ever had but a healthy adrian martinez is about as good as you're going to get we think about how healthy he was um his freshman year how healthy he was at times early on in his sophomore season. Um, and I think we can see the development that Luke McCaffrey has coming along. So you've got a couple of very dangerous weapons. And, and Lubick um, talked about Logan Smothers, the, the true freshman, talked about the the walk-on, who I believe is a redshirt sophomore now, uh, Matt Masker. Yep. So you, you've got some guys in in a deep quarterback room, but it's what kind of development do you have in there? How are you going to be able to keep everyone Involved, especially in a year that doesn't count against your eligibility. So how much longer does Luke McCaffrey want to wait for Adrian Martinez to be done playing the quarterback position at Nebraska? Is he able to overtake him at that position? So knowing where that gap is is really important to the discussion of quarterback uh, for this season and next season.
3: God, doesn't feel great. We're talking about actual players, depth chart, <laughs> talking to the coaching staff. Like this is ah, we made it. I think. I hope we're we're close. We're close. Um, the other thing that has been weighing on me, and and I'm just kind of wondering what it'll look like. Special teams has been kind of a, a poop show early on in this uh, this season. But the other thing is defense tackling
1: mm-hmm.
3: what does that look like when you haven't had a chance to be in full pads since i mean last last november for nebraska they weren't able to play a bowl <laughs> game and so so the 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 defense having a chance to get back out there uh to line a guy up to get him to the ground like that's going to be something important to watch too
1: Yeah, you've got between that, and you definitely want to go in and rep these guys, Um, but but Eric Chenander, defensive coordinator, was asked about the not being able to be in pads for the last 10 months, but as well as how do you set up a schedule that's a little bit different and not run these guys into the ground over the next three weeks. And here's what Coach Chenander said.
4: Yeah, those are all challenges, Evan. And, and, you know, like I said, Coach Frost has, has got a good schedule for us, and he's talked to me about his plan, and just so we kind of uh, see what he, he's got planned for us. I think he's got enough situational work. Um, like you mentioned, the fine line is getting him ready to play a football game and not driving him into the ground. Um, not having pads on for 10 months, not ideal, but once again – most people are in the same boat. Some people had spring ball early. Some people didn't. But most people are in the same boat, so it's not like it's a unfair advantage. The The hard part for me, to be honest with you, um, was not being able to be with the kids and see them face-to-face and, you know, leadership is a contact sport. Not being able to, to touch those guys and hug them and, and just be with them every day was the hard part for me. And not having pads on is, it's not ideal, like I said, but like I said, everybody's doing the same thing, you know, and... When we were in the NFL, it's, you know, pads were not a huge situation once you got through about four weeks anyways. Um, so we found ways around that. But just not being able to see those guys for an extended period of time I think was the hardest part for me. Football in 2020,
3: Caleb. Not ideal. That's the slogan that Shenander came up with. I think he's right. There's
1: there's that one, but there's also <laughs> leadership is a contact sport. Yeah, that was good too. I, I liked that part in there. And, and obviously the, the pads part of it, is going to be an issue for Nebraska and a number of other guys, but I agree with I, I agree with Chins there that when the coaching staff is not able to have direct contact with the players with their young men, mm-hmm. that can disrupt some development. That you're not there to have those one-on-ones. Now they all the coaches talked about how the players went out and did things on their own throughout the pandemic. Were able to go work on that chemistry themselves. Now they have to work on that chemistry in pads. You you have all your timing and everything down. You you have all your guys and your assignments and where people are supposed to be outside of pads. How does that transition to pads? But there is a slight developmental hitch when you don't have that one on one time with your coaching staff. Um, and for the coaching staff, I know that is that's probably as big of a worry for them coming into this fall as not having been in pads for 10-plus months.
3: Yeah, yeah, I, I think you're right. And there are some guys that I think we know are going to be leaders. Uh, Wandale Robinson is absolutely one of the leaders uh, on the offense, even only with one year in the program. Mm-hmm. Um, Adrian Martinez as well. Uh, defensively, I think Cam Taylor is is right there. You have DiCaprio Boodle, who's a little bit more soft-spoken, uh, but another guy back in the secondary who's got a lot of experience and and guys respect him, I, I want to see if Ben Stilley emerges as a leader on that defensive line because he's a native Nebraskan, he's got experience, he's led this team in sacks and tackles for loss before, and, and so, yeah, leadership I think at every level uh, in each position group is going to be important, but not only that, it's, it's getting to the point quickly here in this uh, October fall camp period where you you need to start figuring out roles you need to start getting that stuff in place quickly if you uh, if you can because you 're not going to have that ease-in period, that non-conference game (laughs) period uh, that everybody's used to where you're going to be able to figure that out and how are the freshmen going to work in, how are the guys who redshirted that didn't have big roles last year that are going to have more roles this year. Getting a guy like Deontay Williams back into the mix who uh, basically missed the entire season, he got injured in the first quarter of the first game. All of that goes into it, and to be able to do that quickly, that's going to be the biggest benefit to college teams out there is who can get that who did mm. get that point the fastest
1: well and you, you bring up Deontay he spoke this week as well um and, and he's he sounds excited to show what his progress has been it sounds yeah. like he's all healed up he had a unique situation last year with being hurt so early in the season that he got to watch things as they developed and, and say okay now cerebrally what are some things that i can help with what could i have done there and how do you develop the mental aspect of the game because we know he's got the physical tools yep. now we're going to see how that develops what does that do for this secondary going into 2020 yeah <clears throat> exactly and and well there's an unfortunate injury in the secondary that uh,
3: Scott Frost detailed we'll talk about that mm-hmm. um, as well and it's it's uh, it's a work in progress we're all uh, we're all kind of uh, improvising as we go, but hey, real conversations with coaches and players this Woo! week, I think I'll take that. Just the, just like with any game that happens. If a game happens, it's success. a win, it's a success and uh, and 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 be happy. All right, we're getting closer, we're 3 weeks away. We're going to keep this football conversation going with Chris Baznet of the Lincoln Journal Star when we come back and we are talking Wilhelm Breedenbach. That's uh That's a name that you're going to come to know very soon. This is the KLIN Husker Hour. More to come. Stick with us. Talking with current and former
0: Huskers and those who cover the Big Red, this is the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400 KLIN.
3: Rolling along here. It is, well, what would this have been? Week four? Week five of the college football season? Uh, it's in here somewhere. Let me, uh, we just
1: finished up week six of the high school football season. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> week five.
3: It's week five. It would have been at Northwestern or home against Minnesota. Um, instead. And, uh, and I know our, our next guest would argue, uh, for the better. Instead of that, we are talking with Chris Bazin of the Lincoln journal star right here on the K line Husker hour. Uh, Baz, it's, uh, been a couple months. How've you been? <laughs> oh,
5: you know, bored. <laughs> Not a lot going on,
3: just just kind of hanging out. Yeah, yeah, I hear that. We uh, we've got Nebraska ball news that I know everybody's excited about. We'll get to that too. But uh, just uh, in in talking with Caleb here, uh, it's just it feels good to be able to talk with the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator and talk offensive line depth chart. Like that stuff came back, and we're three weeks away from what we think is going to actually hold up as the season now. Uh, where are you at in terms of your, your, your kind of level of, hey, we're getting there, we're getting closer to normal, and football's almost here in Lincoln?
5: Yeah, I've never been more excited to uh, hear about the third string left tackle than I was <laughs> uh, this week. It's, it, it really does feel like we're actually getting close to something now. I think everybody would probably agree you don't want to get your hopes up too high until they're actually on the field playing a game. Because even that's happened at Nebraska where they've kicked off and then haven't played a game. So I ruled nothing out at, at this point. But it does feel like, you know, we're getting closer to something tangible. Uh, it was good to talk to the coaches this week and some of the guys on the team and, and kind of take that next step. So, yeah, feel, feeling good and feeling positive. We're heading towards heading towards something that's that's going to actually happen.
1: Now, Baz, with, with the number of players and coaches, just sticking with football, because we're still going to get to basketball and our new hero. But on the football side of things – from everything we heard, the 170 testing limit, the the depth charts, guys. Um, well, Cam Jurgens just looking yoked. Uh, guys excited to hit people. What what was the most significant news to come out in your eyes over the I guess the three days that we were able to have access to players and coaches.
5: Yeah, Cam Jurgens went with the move of cutting the hair short to try and make himself look bigger, which I've also done. Um, it's definitely not because I'm losing my hair, which is why I did that. But no, I think probably the, the biggest news, probably the Braxton Clark injury. I mean, that's a guy that was really playing well uh, as the year went on last year. Kind of the prototype uh, you want at that position with his size and length and all those things. And yeah, Nebraska's got some good players back there, but they don't have a ton of depth. So that, that's an injury that that really hurts them, especially when you're talking about being out for the entire season. They can't afford it like Scott Frost said yesterday. They can't afford a ton of injuries back there. So that's probably the biggest thing to come out of it for me, just because that's a guy that was really going to play a lot of football for Nebraska this season, I think.
3: Chris Basnett from the Lincoln Journal-Star joining us here on the K-Lion Husker Hour. Uh, let's uh, let's stay on the defense side uh, with with talking with Eric Chenander and and you know whatever whatever he was you know willing to reveal, um, I, I think it's pretty clear that the secondary they they know what they have there in terms of their their corners their safeties, um, linebacker, what the the front seven in general I guess uh, where where do you think they are in terms of knowing who they have who's going to be a contributor uh, and how they feel about that group at this point three weeks before the season starts.
5: Yeah, I think they're probably three weeks away from knowing what they have. You know, I don't know if they'll—I don't know if they'll totally know until they actually play a game. Just because you're—you're replacing obviously so much up front. You've got some guys that have played. Obviously, Ben Stille's played. Keen Green played a little bit last year. Uh, you, and you've got some guys at the linebacker spots that have played some football, but those guys have to play better, you know, and, and as my esteemed colleague, Mr. Sippel likes to write about about once every week or two, Nebraska gave up about six yards of carry in Big Ten play last year. And I mean, you, you just can't do that. So there's a lot, I think, for those guys to prove at both of those levels. Um, I don't think we know yet what it's going to look like as far as a rotation as far as who's going to start and things like that because i think those are two positions or those are two areas that are that are really wide open. So that's maybe the most if 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 we're not talking, you know, wide receivers or something like that, that's probably the most intriguing thing for me going forward is what that's going to look like once we get to the first game.
1: On the other side of the ball, we'll we'll stay with some pass catchers, but not the receivers, the tight ends I and mean, we heard that maybe they're getting some more balls in practice. Is that a realistic expectation with Lubick taking the reins of offensive coordinator that the tight ends are going to be much more involved in the pass game?
5: I think it is, and I think you could you could say it's because of Matt Lubick. I think you could just say it's going to happen because of what the numbers told us last year. You know, I think I I put it in a story earlier this week, but I think Nebraska's tight ends, they had one total touchdown pass between them the whole season. They counted for something like seventeen percent of the total receptions and like twelve percent of the total receiving yards. I mean, the numbers just weren't. They were basically non-existent outside of Jack Stoll, who had twenty-five catches. I think so. Just by just by the numbers, they should get better. But you know, from everything we heard this week from Matt Lubick and and from some other guys, it sounds like the the schemes are changing a little bit, and you're going to be able to get those guys more involved. And especially with a wide receiver core that's that's pretty unproven outside of Wondell Robinson there's going to be opportunities for those guys uh, in the tight end room, and there should be opportunities for those guys in the tight end room because that's the experienced group when you're talking about pass catchers. So especially early in the year, I think you might see those tight ends kind of lead the way when it comes to to targets and who's getting the ball in the passing game.
3: Baz, this season's going to be strange in that you're not going to have that tune-up period with non-conference play. But that being said, for the first time in Scott Frost's three years, uh, they don't have to kind of ease into – uh, things at the running back position because of dedrick mills uh, ability uh, and and his experience and the fact that he's going to be ready to roll right out of the gate as opposed to when he was a new guy last year uh, and then greg bell was the new guy the year before what what advantage does that give nebraska in the backfield uh and then maybe expound upon that just the 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 depth that they think they have behind mills as well
5: yeah i mean it's you in the Big Ten you gotta have a guy back there, right? And Nebraska has a guy. And they've got a they've got a guy that can get you a tough yard. They've got a guy that proved that proved himself at this level last year. And again, another guy that got better as the year went on. And you know, it's 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 a deal where it's 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 certainly not as important as, you know, the quarterback position where you where you where you know you need somebody there. But man, in the Big Ten, when it gets cold and, and when Nebraska's gonna be playing in November and December this year. <laughs> You better have a guy that can get you those tough yards. And, you know, talking about depth, I think that's kind of one of the other things we have to watch, right? There's some guys back there, but they're pretty young, and not a lot of them played a whole lot of football last year, you know, and one of those guys had two reconstructive knee surgeries in high school and basically hasn't played since the first game, first half of his first game of his senior year. So, you know, you you like what you have in Diedrich Mills, and I think you're you're optimistic about the depth if you're Nebraska's coaching staff, but you also hope Diedrich can stay pretty healthy, you know, especially early in the year because they're going to lean on him quite a bit, I think, early on.
1: All right, Baz. So this next 2021, still set to start in Ireland, comes out this week, apparently talks about Uzbekistan. Where won't this coaching staff travel to play?
5: Um, well, I think Penn State might be harder to get to <laughs> than Uzbekistan, so I think they'll probably go anywhere, you know. Um, that I guess they won't travel to a bowl game, zing, because oh, they haven't done that yet. Oh. But oh, he didn't go there, did he? <laughs> no, but <laughs> no, I think I think it's just that's just Scott Frost making the point that they're going to play, they want to play, right? And it doesn't matter where, it doesn't matter when, it doesn't matter who, and they'll go, they'll go to Eastern Europe, they'll go to the old Soviet bloc and play if <laughs> they have to, and they'll they'll go to Penn State if they have to. So I think they're just ready to, to lace them up and play.
3: I'm absolutely here for Nebraska-Kansas in Uzbekistan 2024. Let's do That'd it. That'd be about right. The two teams closest to each other, they'd go play it over in Europe. Yeah, Nebraska-Illinois and Illinois are going to Ireland. Why not? Um, all right, let's switch gears. Uh, let's talk a little hoops. Uh, Fred Hoiberg messed around, got himself a four-star big man this week. Uh, tell everybody about Wilhelm and and do you have your rec specs already picked out?
5: I can tell you guys have been chomping at the bit to ask me about <laughs> Wilhelm. So I'm I'm very excited to talk. No, it's uh this was a big recruiting win for these guys. You know, Fred started here, his staff started here April of 2019. They offered Wilhelm about 2 months later, June 2019. So they've been on him pretty much since they got here. This is a guy that that they've wanted for a long time. Had him out on an official visit last September. You know, and like you said, top 100 guy and kind of fits that that Fred Hoiberg mold, you know, a 6'9 kid that can handle the ball, can shoot from outside, can finish inside, ha- has the potential to be developed, you know, even more than, than he has already. He plays for a, a major, major marquee program, a national level program in Major D in, in California. So, yeah, just a just a huge win for this coaching staff, especially with the way the last couple of recruiting battles have gone, you lose out on Carter Witt at the 11th hour. You lose out on Adama Sonogo at the 11th hour. Now all of a sudden you get a guy that, you know, depending on your recruiting service that you prefer is, is either the highest or the second highest rated recruit Nebraska's ever gotten in basketball, mm-hmm. you know? So what that does is I think it opens the door a little bit for other guys to say, Hey, the, you know, guys are looking at Nebraska and guys are interested in Nebraska, and that doesn't mean they're going to go get every top 20 prospect they, they go after, but you got to start somewhere. And, and I think if you can start a guy, start with a guy like Wilhelm, who, who's going to have the chance to come in and play right away next year and play a lot of minutes, then you do that. And, and you're right. He's going to be one of those guys. I think that Nebraska fans are going to love, and everybody else in the Big Ten is going to hate. You know, he's got the he's got the rec specs. He's got kind of the funny hair. He's he's kind of got the funny looking game. He he goes a hundred miles an hour all the time. So, it's Nebraska's played a lot of teams that have a guy like that. They've never really had a guy like that since they've been in the Big Ten. So yeah, this is this was a huge recruiting win for Nebraska.
1: Baz, the last three ESPN top one hundred guys that Fred Hoiberg got all ended up in the NBA. Um, from watching the little bit of video that we're able to find, obviously there's huddle video and a bunch of recruiting videos on him. Um, I'm most impressed with Wilhelm's lateral quickness. Uh, he can he can obviously jump and he can shoot the ball. What's the ceiling for Wilhelm when he does get to Nebraska and and eventually move on?
5: Well, I think I think it's it's pretty high. Uh, otherwise, why does it why is the coaching staff taken? You know that they, they've proven they can develop these guys. You mentioned his lateral quickness. I think it's really interesting. He's a right-handed shooter, but every time you see him finishing the pains with his left hand, he's going over his right shoulder, finishing with his left hand. So he can he can use both hands. He's already pretty developed, even for just going into his senior year of high school. Now, when you get him into a college weight program, get him on a college training table, get him working with you know a guy that sent top 100 guys to the NBA, and sent guys to the NBA that maybe weren't NBA prospects coming out of high school. They were certainly good players, but not – Nobody was saying, oh, you know, George Nyang's going to the NBA out of high school. You know, they weren't saying that. And, and I think that this Wilhelm kind of fills, fits that same mold, I think. Whether, whether he makes the NBA remains to be seen, but he's certainly kind of in that same vein and that same mold as those previous guys. So I'm sure if you asked Fred Hoiberg right now, he'd tell you he's, he's really excited to get a guy like that because he's got a lot of the skills that Fred covets, and now it's just kind of polishing those up and, and getting him up to speed at the college level.
1: From a future Husker to a former one, Ty Lu has been the assistant for the Clippers. Um, Doc Rivers now the head coach with the Seventy Sixers. Where, where do you see Ty Lue ending up next year? And does he have a head coaching job at one of these contenders?
5: I think he does. I think he does end up as head coach because he's so highly respected in the league. You know, and before before Doc got the Sixers job, it was going to be Ty Lue. You know, <laughs> I mean, he's been every time a job comes open. Teron Lue's at the top of the list, it seems like, no matter who the team is. So I think it's just a matter of time for Ty. You know, he's proven, obviously, that he can do it at that level. He won an NBA title. He coached LeBron James' team to an NBA title. That's not an easy thing to do, you know. So it's it's just a matter of time for Ty Lu. I, I don't know where it'll be, but I think he will be a head coach next year.
3: Yeah, and not only that, it's the, the last title that LeBron's won until – this week, at least, <laughs> yeah. Until, yeah, until about
5: four days from now.
3: Yeah, <laughs> all right, Chris Basnet, Lincoln Journal Star, from football to basketball, uh, we cover it all here, and uh, we appreciate your time. Uh, thanks a lot, and we'll do it again soon. Thanks, guys.
5: Appreciate you having me. All
3: right, Chris Basnet of the Lincoln Journal Star. It's, uh, yeah, the, the the Ty Lue thing. That's that's fun to to look at to see where he ends up because. He's definitely going to go somewhere. I think you're right about that. It's he's. I, I think he's. I saw he was tied to New Orleans uh, at one point. Go down the, to Coach the Pelicans. Yeah, bad.
1: the Pelicans who've got all of that kind of the future that they have. Yeah. Um. He's as an assistant on the Clippers. They've been talking with him for that one, and then I believe there might be a, another one. Um. At the Rockets. Yeah, he's, yeah. he's a possibility for the Rockets. So you yeah. look at those three. You've either got a whole bunch of future upside, or you've got two teams that are like. We're going to win now, and we're in win-now mode. Um, And he was in talks with the 76ers before Doc Rivers went and took that job. So not just head coaching jobs, but teams that want to go win and bring him in to help them chase a championship. And ownership there wouldn't worry about him not being able to handle a superstar either. Exactly. (laughs) It's like, can you handle Zion?
3: Come on, bro. (laughs) Handle LeBron. We got this. Alright, uh, lots more to come. Uh, we'll dig into the Braxton Clark injury a little bit more. How that cornerback room looks without him involved in it this year. Big Ten opt-outs. There's one who's definitely not coming back that Nebraska's got on their schedule, but then again there's one that is coming back that's on Nebraska's schedule. We'll tell you who that is. Uh, and then a Norris guy going to be deciding in a couple of weeks where he's going. Is Nebraska in that mix? Uh, we got plenty more to come. Here, stick with us on the KLIN Husker Hour.
0: Your Saturday morning source for everything Huskers is right here. You're listening to the KLIN Husker Hour on Lincoln's Husker Radio, 1400
3: KLIN. Our thanks to Chris Basnett joining us from the Lincoln Journal-Star this morning. If you missed that, you miss anything, you know where to go. Head over to the podcast page at KLIN.com. You can find us on Twitter and Facebook, at KLIN Huskers, and of course, all the shows in the Living Color video on Facebook. Uh, you can go there right now if you'd like to see our beautiful shining faces on this Saturday morning. And why wouldn't you? Let's uh, let's dig back into this. Uh, we, we talked a lot about how Chenander and Lubick kind of let us in and, and showed us what was going on, talked to us about what was going on, Caleb. Uh, and Scott Frost spoke to the media yesterday, yeah. so uh, we had a chance to hear from him as well. Uh what was what were kind of some of the big takeaways from Frost yesterday? Uh,
1: I think the biggest one and just because it had come out the uh the Iowa ath- athletic trainer or team doctor, I can't remember, spoke with um Hawkeye Report Hawkeye Report podcast and let slip and then everyone now knows about it that there are testing limits for each team at 170. Nebraska has 154 on the roster. That's just players, just players. Yeah, this is Players, coaches, trainers, managers, your whole yes. team and staff, and yes. everyone involved. So, Nebraska easily is actually over 200. Mm-hmm. So, what does that look like? And I know Moose, uh, Bill Moose, talked with Mitch Sherman on the athletic earlier in the week. Um, so, it was at least we know it's going to be in flux, but we asked Frost as well on those roster limitations
6: we're working through the details on that right now um not sure where that's going to land yet obviously uh a limit on the size of roster uh, affects us more than it would about any team in the country walk-on program has been an important very important part of nebraska football for generations um so we're still working through the details on that the you know the protocols the, the big Ten's working hard i give them credit uh coming up with a lot of rules and ways that we can play football. We're just grateful that we're actually gonna get to play football. I think that's the right decision. Uh but I also want to be able to give all of our student athletes uh that are on our football team an opportunity to practice compete. So we're still working through that right now.
1: So like exactly what we heard from Coach Frost a week ago, a lot of the rules coming out from the Big Ten seem to not benefit Nebraska. Now for those walk-ons, um especially like freshman walk-ons that probably aren't going to be the guys that end up being part of whatever roster size you put on there, they will still get to, from the sounds of it, still get tested from the university. Yep. They just won't count towards the team population. Um, saw they, they'd also have to work out at a separate time, have, too. Yeah. They, they can't work out at the same time. They can't have the same kind of contact. They're really not so much associated with the program as much because of these testing limits. Yeah, which... This isn't, I don't think, a a specific dig
3: at Nebraska by 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 what I see. This is, it, it, you're just trying to figure out some uniformity so that everybody has the the same the same situation. You want you want to try to keep this as as similar as possible for all the schools involved. And look, Nebraska is different in that regard. And Michigan actually has a really big roster too. They're not too far behind uh, how many players Nebraska has. Uh, but that that is unfortunate that you can't have all of the guys still together um you know the the walk-ons who don't make the cut so to speak uh with however many they have to trim the the player side of this down to they're they're not going to be able to play with the rest of the guys on the team uh throughout the entire season and Nebraska has the means uh and the ability to pay for those additional tests above that 170 but the Big Ten is not just saying, "Hey, we're gonna we're gonna give you 170; you have to foot the bill for the rest." No, they're limiting the population that you can have through this season at 170 mm-hmm. with with everything across the board. So it, just just to further just drill down on that, and and we're still not exactly sure what that'll look like in terms of how those other players do uh, their workouts and and get their treatments and and get the uh the the testing that they'll get as well
1: now the schedule was another one that i found really interesting from coach frost especially because of how difficult um that schedule is and you've got some different answers from different coaches and coach chenander is like well they're going to roll the ball out that's where we're going to go and you've heard from guys say well we're just excited that we want to go play um obviously we 've talked before about moose saying he really didn 't like the way the schedule laid out, uh, so Coach Frost talked about uh, the difficulty of the big ten schedule here for Nebraska in two thousand and twenty
6: i don 't have much to do with the scheduling um, you know, our guys are excited to play we 're just grateful we get to play you know I, I think we probably landed with probably the toughest strength of schedule in in the conference, and because the conference is so strong, maybe the country Um, I don't think our guys care, the players don't care. They just want an opportunity to compete. Uh, We were one of the schools fighting to get to play, and we're just excited we get to play. Um, I don't think beggars can be choosers. Sometimes if they tell us we're playing on a Thursday, we need to be ready to play on a Thursday. If it's Sunday, it's Sunday, and uh, if it's in Uzbekistan, we're gonna have to probably uh, stop in a couple places on the way over there. Wherever and whenever we get to play, our guys are just excited to get a chance to compete.
3: I think the entirety of the Nebraska fan base had to bone up on their Eastern European geography there for a little bit, which uh, that's never a bad thing. No, Uzbekistan, <laughs> just the most random poll ever. Uh, yeah, and and look, he's he's right. There's not there's nothing that he can do in his position. Bill Moose already made his points. Uh, You can call it whining and complaining. You can call it just being real and and detailed and and revealing the discussions, whatever you want to call that. Uh, That's not Frost's stance. I'm sure he and Moose had discussions about what was going to happen beforehand, and when it all came out in the wash, you get what you get, and Mm. you don't throw a fit. So Frost is going to go with what he's got. And, yeah, obviously when the only two crossovers – that you get as a Big Ten team are two top ten teams in Ohio State and Penn State. That's a difficult schedule. Um, but that being said, and and different different players have, have been on social media talking about this, to be the best, you've got to beat the best. Um, we want to play Ohio State. We want to play Penn State. They, they can't back down from this challenge. It doesn't look like they are. And with the way that this season will go without any non-conference um it, it you it's it's not a lost season because you still get to play but Nebraska was still building i think at this point so maybe it's better this way for them because they'll learn more about themselves and they'll have more of this these measuring stick type games um as opposed to you know playing Rutgers or Maryland and not really knowing how good they are
1: well that's one of the things and we're not we're not going to play the 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 sound from it but coach Janander talked about you came to Nebraska, and the players came to Nebraska, and the coaches are at Nebraska because they want to play in these types of games. They want to play against teams that are championship contenders. You don't. You don't want to come to Nebraska, and no offense to the MAC, but you're not going to come play a MAC schedule. You came to Nebraska to play a Big Ten schedule, and that's what they have now. The other thing I want to talk about is the extra eligibility that players are going to have um, after this season because none of it counts against Nebraska. Uh, so. We asked Frost, have those conversations been going on with players? How do you manage that in 2020?
6: Yeah, you know, everybody's going to be able to play without fear of losing a year of eligibility. Um, That changes your thought process a little bit. That being said, you still want to put the best players you can out on the field. Um, I think the issues with this year not counting as year eligibility are are probably going to be bigger decisions down the road when you just decide how long to keep people on the roster, how long guys want to stay on the roster. Uh, there's going to be some answers that we need down the road, how to navigate that. Um, for these eight, eight, nine games we have this year, we're, we're just going to play as many guys as we can and whoever we think is going to help us win football games.
3: That's it you you have you have a lot of uh, a lot of moving pieces we still don't know if there's going to be scholarship limitations next season uh, where right now you have 85 but if seniors stick around <laughs> what's that going right. to look like like yeah and I, I this season is going to you know just just we, we're we're kind of throwing everything up in the air and when it all comes down we'll we'll kind of sort it out from there um I think some schools are going to view this as a bad thing because they're going to think, "Well, these guys are going to get away. Uh, they're, they have this extra year of eligibility. They're going to transfer." Uh, that's, I mean, a lot of people are cynical about the way that's that's kind of the way that college sports are, are going anyway, with as many transfers as there are anymore. Um, Nebraska didn't really have that issue. They were obviously the three guys from Florida, Ooh, correct, who all left from this recruiting class. But you have four other guys from Florida who didn't. Mm-hmm. You don't really. We didn't. You didn't really see a lot of exodus uh, in in terms of any other position groups or, or any other uh, classes even. So, um, still building this program early on in Frost's tenure, I think it's it's given them an advantage because they know they can be on the ground floor. They know they can still compete. Uh, I don't know. I, I feel like they're in a good spot with this whole eligibility situation. Um, other schools, obviously, are are, are not going to be in bad spots either. But just looking at it from Nebraska's perspective, they could they could use this as an advantage and and be able to grow even more, uh, knowing that they don't lose a year if they you know if they if like for Braxton Clark, for instance, having this this shoulder injury. Um, I think that's a positive for Nebraska yeah. in the end.
1: Yeah, and, and that's a lot of what we talked about with baseball in the spring, getting that year of eligibility back. And we know that guys are coming back uh, to, to play an extra senior season. What is that going to do now when you know <laughs> you already have the year coming back and it's not something where a pandemic jumps in, jumps in and cancels the rest of your season and then you have to make that decision, do I come back or not? Whereas right now you go in knowing this year does not count against you for any of the fall athletes. And it's not just basketball, but it's what does that do for volleyball when they start up in the spring? Mm -hmm. Um, Does this eventually get extended to Nebraska and the Nebraska bubble? Whoever comes to play in Lincoln, how all of that works out. There's a lot of answers that we're still waiting on. And actually there's a lot of questions that we don't even know need to be asked yet as well. Yeah,
3: there are. Um, And, and you mentioned volleyball. Um, There's, uh, some some interesting news on that with how you have teams playing this fall <laughs> that are going to have their stuff actually count for uh, the the NCAA tournament that will take place in the spring. So the ACC, the Big Twelve, the SEC, and the Sun
1: Belt. Big Twelve is playing about an entire conference season this fall. Yeah,
3: they're they're playing matches this fall, and they're going to split them up into the spring as well. And that will actually count towards the NCAA tournament. The big Ten is playing exclusively in the spring, uh, which will be more like a regular season feel because it's all going to be you know leading up to Correct. the NCAA tournament. Um, that that's an interesting deal because how how are you going to get kind of ramped back up if you're the big 12 in the spring before that six match run that you have to win a national championship you know not everybody big 12 is capable of doing that, but a, a, a school like Texas. I don't know that that's going to help them, mm-hmm. um, unless they can get a, a slew of non-conference matchups uh, leading into that tournament next year.
1: I, I don't know. Yeah, if, if you're one, if you're like a Texas and a top team in the Big Twelve, that's not a an incredibly deep league. Mm-hmm. It's actually almost not as beneficial to your strength of schedule to continue to play a bunch of conference games. Yeah, and that Final Four in Omaha still looks good. John yes. Cooks talked about that. It's uh,
3: it, it looks like that will happen, uh, which is a huge advantage for Nebraska. Um, their incoming freshmen who are or early enrollees they will not be able to play uh, with this school year, with this season, um, and that's really really sticking it to Nebraska. I mean, sticking it to football with these roster limitations and sticking it to Nebraska for not letting the greatest recruiting class ever be able to play with <laughs> of this any team. any sport. Right, exactly. All right, there you go, Grandma. We talk volleyball. Uh, let's move on to the last segment here. Uh, this is uh, the KLI and Husker Hour. Uh, a few more details to get to. Stick with us. giving you an
0: inside look at everything Huskers. This is the KLIN Husker Hour on
3: 1400 KLIN. Coming up in a couple of weeks, there is a Norris high school athlete that will be making a uh, decision. If you're on social media, you've seen that he's racked up offer after offer lately. James Carney, uh, he's played tight end. Uh, plays uh, plays all over on the defense and and Caleb I don't I don't know that he'll end up in Nebraska because he's gotten a lot of uh, a lot of attention elsewhere too but
1: uh, he's he's really picked up steam here in his senior season yes he has what what's the do we have the date that he's October twelfth October twelfth so you know when uh, when we'll be able to talk about this obviously during the week mm-hmm. and we'll talk about it on October seventeenth. Pius plays Norris on October 16th, and we'll have that game here on 1400 KLIN. There you go. There you go. So, possibly the first game of the newest Husker commit, possibly does have some other offers out there and in interest as well. Yeah,
3: Iowa, Kansas State, uh, Air Force, uh, some MAC schools as well, Colorado State, uh, Pitt has offered uh, out of the ACC. Uh so yeah he's he's got a lot of choices uh Ohio as well maybe he wants to go play for Frank Yeah uh, James Carney uh name to watch uh in the next uh, couple of weeks not next week but the following week it sounds like uh, uh he will be making his decision uh the Braxton Clark injury uh just wanted to hit on the, the kind of the way the the corner situation looks too um he's out shoulder surgery shoulder injury it was a non-contact injury um at corner you really have Boodle and Taylor uh you would have had Clark as well now you have to rely on either the true freshman and Linem or Ronald Delancey, yeah uh or the
1: uh the really highly rated JUCO transfer Nadab Joseph yeah uh those are the candidates and it sounds like, like Joseph those. has been has, has been playing well yeah. it just takes some time when you show up in the summer to have to transition and pick up everything as yeah. opposed to having a little bit more time yeah um, now we talked a little bit about having uh, about Nebraska basketball, men's basketball. We did have some access to a couple guys as well. Looks like really the leaders of this team, uh, two transfers, Kobe Webster and Teddy Allen. And here I want to talk about Teddy Allen, who who was asked about how do you deal with the team in Nebraska, in all the all the polls and projections that have come out so far. Nebraska is picked either last or near the bottom of the conference going into twenty twenty. Yeah, they picked
6: us last. Um but it's not about rankings. Um you know, that's why they play games, right? That's what Chris Berman always said. That's why they play games, you know. Uh coaches have done an unbelievable job at getting pieces into this program and kind of flipping it kinda flipping the whole team really almost. Um in one year and uh um we've been here for a while now and it's it's gonna be our job to um finish better than that, but we're not worried about rankings. We just you know, we want to be a good team. We want to play ter- play in the tournament. We want to take Nebraska basketball to places it hasn't uh reached before and um we like we like us to do it.
1: Want to take Nebraska basketball to places it hasn't reached before. I like hearing that. And I like hearing that from a guy whose nickname is Teddy Buckets. <laughs> and in the team having uh both both he and uh Kobe Webster talked about with the strengths this year, shooting, pace, length, and those are things that I think when you have a Fred Hoiberg offense and defense have all of those things, success. Now, we got to figure out how we're going to gauge success mm-hmm. in a season coming off of last year where they only won a couple of conference games and things really slid once you got things going. Yeah. Um, but that was to be expected in the transition year. What is success going to look like this year? We don't even know what the schedule is going to look like. Yeah. But we like the pieces that are here yes. in year two for the Hoiberg era.
3: And and a lot of people are obviously pointing to Hoiberg's tenure at Iowa State where year one did not go as well. It certainly went better in year one at, Ohio, at Iowa State than it did at yeah. Nebraska. But that being said, his second season, he had guys who were sitting out who couldn't play in year one. They were able to play in year two, and they were a big part of the reason why they made the NCAA tournament in that first year and and set the stage for four straight before he left for the the NBA. You have that similar situation last year with guys like Delano Banton and Derek Walker and Shamil Stevenson sitting out Mm -hmm. last season. uh, And then he had time to go out and find other guys that fit this, the system as well with Teddy Allen and Kobe Webster. And so it's encouraging to know the track record. Obviously everybody's going to point to that as a reason for optimism. And there's, Really, no other things to point to at all because you don't know how <laughs> these guys are going to play because the roster is completely blown up once again. You got Thor and Ivan, and that's about it. Everybody else is new. So, yeah, you you're gonna you're gonna see what it looks like when you finally get to the season, and uh, and yeah, he's he's talking about taking it where it hasn't been before, and that's that's obviously what you want to hear if you're a Nebraska basketball fan. I did want to say one more thing. Uh, back to football, opponent watch. Rashad Bateman, Minnesota wide receiver, All-American. He is opting back into the season, yep. and he will be allowed to play this year. Uh, Micah Parsons, outside linebacker from D- from Penn State, uh, he is not back. He's going to stay in the NFL draft process, and Nebraska will not have to face him Correct. this season. So that's nice.
1: No Micah Parsons. And we'll see if anything changes as the season goes on because it has for SEC schools as well. Yeah, stay tuned for sure. All right, thanks to Chris Basnett. Thanks
3: to you for watching at home. Stay safe. Go Big Red. See you next week.